Kumite Radio is brought to you by Supplement Warfare. Visit their website, supplementwarfare.com.au for the best quality supplements on the planet. Use coupon code Kumite Radio at checkout to get 10% off of all orders. If you're trying to get sexy for the summer, if you're just trying to flex on fools, visit supplementwarfare.com.au for the best supplements in the world. Use coupon code Kumite Radio at checkout to get 10% off and support the podcast. Joining me right now on Kumite Radio is Kai Wu, the 23-year-old young prospect out of California. He'll be fighting on September 29th at Bellator 206 in San Jose. What's going on, Kai? Welcome back. Thanks, man. Always a pleasure to be on here with you. No doubt. Now, I want to first talk about your love for boba tea, a.k.a. milk tea. Tell me about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. It. I was nine when I first tried it, I think, or, or eight. Seven to nine, I remember. I think that's around the time. Um, my dad and I would get it for, like, you know, just like, I guess you could say that's our bonding time. Or me and my mom, my family, that's kind of something that we did. We don't really go out much, so... Um, if we hung out, we go boba hunting and look, you know, at boba here and there. And then growing up, it's just always kind of like, it was like, a, a, a you know, like, like Americans, they get like dessert, like Dairy Queen or like, you know, Baskin Robbins. Mine was just finding boba tea because, you know, 10 years ago, there was like not, there's no boba tea around. And then slowly, but surely, you know, there's more and more development in the boba scene in America. It's just caught on. And when I lived in Taiwan. Um, I had it all the time. So it was just one of those things that stuck with me. And then um, it, it not, it's like, you know, nowadays, like I see a lot of kids walking around with just boba tea. It's like Starbucks to them. So it's just, it was kind of cool how, how my love for boba tea just kind of developed. And then um, now it's everywhere. You know, you can't go anywhere in California without having a boba tea in some sort of shop. And I was like, man, wouldn't it be cool one day if I got my own boba? Because boba has only increased, like, you know, the price. So then me and my dad would always go and my dad's one of those typical Asian dads. He'd always complain. He's like, man, every year we go buy boba. It's so expensive. They add on another dollar, another 50 cents. And then this year I was really lucky. I got sponsored by share tea and Valley fair. Um, their boba company, you know, like they're pretty, they're pretty global. Um, so I took them in and then I got to, uh, some, uh, some drinks Then they're free and I've never seen him so stunned before. He's just like, this doesn't feel right. We should pay for this. <laughs> you know, it was just, it was super cool. So it was one of those things that may not mean a lot, but to me it does because every year to hear him complain and say stuff, you know, and finally like I work my butt off and now I'm in a position where I could take my mom and pop there and we get free boba, you know, it's just the trade-offs is unreal. And that's kind of where, where my love and development kind of all started and now where it's led to. You know, obviously I can't have a bunch because, you know, I'm a fighter, you know, but then they got tea options. So, you know, like that's awesome. The tea, I, I, the, the, I don't drink coffee. I drink tea. You know, I just love tea. I think it's just so, um, so, so just the taste in your mouth is just, you got to have it in order for you to understand, you know? No doubt. Um, let's talk about the origins of Kai Wu. You know, tell me about where all your martial arts started. So my martial arts started um, when I was nine um, I got into it because <clears throat> my brother-in-law is Dave Camarillo. Um, I've known him since I was two. And um, he kind of just took me in AK one day because he was the main grappling coach at the time. He's one of the head coaches. And he was kind of like, hey, do you want to uh, just, you know, 
grapple around a little bit or learn because you know i was always into fighting i was always i grew up on you know the iron fist comic books the the batman comic books and tv series there's no lion king or anything like that for me so growing up it was just always like watching superhero films and jet lee and you know bruce lee was a little bit before and i always knew about him but i always thought he was a little too played out everybody would you know boards don't hit back i was kind of like tired of hearing that well of course they don't but jet lee was was cool because bruce lee had that physique and he just looked terrifying you know but jet lee looks like a calm little like i could see myself like you know like him and then I, I watched a lot of his stuff and I was like, man, this is badass. Like he's so, he's so dope. So then I would always just shadow box and do all sorts of crazy, like try to like do these flips at home. And I was pretty agile. And then I went into jujitsu one day and I was like, I don't see any of this stuff in movies. Why well, I'm like, what is this stuff? And it's mixed martial arts. You know, I started learning jujitsu first and I was huge into basketball in the beginning, but slowly and slowly I realized basketball was not a route for me because one, like I wasn't as dedicated in basketball. Like I wouldn't wake up at five in the morning to go play basketball. You know, it just wasn't, it wasn't as serious as I thought I was going to be. And also um, in jujitsu when somebody tasked me out and I've never done kids class. I was always doing adult class, you know, I, like, I mean, I dropped in the kids class here and there, but I was mainly with adults. And when it, an adult, would like smash me and then I hear Dave kind of just go hey like go a little bit lighter you know he's like a smaller kid I get so furious you know I try to like I see all these Shaolin monk kids and I'm like how do they do it and why can't I do it so then I got obsessed with progression not even beating the guy that you know that I train with it's just more like how do I get better you know how do I react faster to a single leg takedown and then the the adult strength never kicked in until I was like 14, 15. Then I was the, the first tournament I ever did. I'll, I'll never forget. It was first shoots tournament. I signed up for um, my weight and uh, gi and no gi. And then there's nobody in my weight class. So I got bumped up. So then Dave told me, he was like, yeah, you know, Dave's been in the jiu-jitsu game for so long. So Dave was just like, whatever about it. But he's so calm that it made me nervous. You know, I thought he had like no faith in me. I was just like, man, this sucks. And then I see everybody getting warmed up the first time they come, like, you know, a competition, you know, it hits you hard. First match, a kid shoots a single leg on me and I roll over for a guillotine. 10 seconds of the match, he taps. And I was like, whoa, is this over? Is that it? Next match happens, something similar. It's like a minute 49. We just kept it standing. I also to guard him. I caught him in a guillotine from standing and I choked him unconscious. And I was like, no way, like, this is crazy. And then uh, I fought in gi, and then I guillotined the guy as well. They just love shooting single legs on me for some reason. I just guillotined all five of my opponents that day, and I had <laughs> one decision. And then I got two trophies that day, and then I went up a weight class, and I was just like, this is – I was hooked. I was hooked. And then uh, I had a huge setback the first time I ever lost. So as a white belt, I won every single tournament but one. And the one tournament that I lost, I, I lost to a, a Brazilian guy from uh, – from brazil he, he flew in from brazil to compete he beat me at white belt and triangled me i've never got submitted before so there's a huge ego check i like stopped doing jiu-jitsu i was like well if this guy beats me you know i was like 14 i was like if he beats me and i've been training for so long then what am i doing you know and then i got my head around the game like i watched a couple batman episodes saw how you got beat by bane you know and i was like ah <laughs> oh, the comeback the return and then i i I've developed more into a martial artist instead of a fighter, you know, because I started fighting for the trophies, started fighting for the medals. When in reality, the beginning, the reason why I started this was because of all the challenges. So that's where I developed. And I was never going to think, I never thought about fighting. It wasn't until I had my first amateur fight 
my debut in amateur MMA, I knocked the guy out with 22 punches, uh, TKO in the first round. And I was like, I think I could make a living out of this. Because I, I, I always fought on uh, amateurs. You weigh in day of here. And I thought, I'm not going to cut too much weight. I don't like cutting weight at that time. We weigh in morning, the day of. So it's not much help. So I was fighting guys that I was like 160. And I weighed about 145, 144, you know, that day after eating pasta and all that stuff. So I was fighting guys that are like way bigger than me. And I, I just thought, you know, like as, as an amateur, I used to watch these fights and I was always going like, how come I'm not like, how come these guys can't knock these other guys out? Like what's, what's going on there? You know? And then I finally gave it a shot myself. I didn't want to be a hypocrite. You know, I want to do it myself and see if I could actually do it. And I knocked a couple people out as an amateur. And then, you know, I started a little bit later in my amateur career, 21, um, I had a bunch of unfortunate injuries that put me out of title fights, fighters pulling out. So it started becoming amateurish, you know, like the title amateur started really kicking in. Like everybody's kind of doing this like, cause it's cool. You know, mm-hmm. you could take an amateur fight, not get elbowed or knee to the face. It's everything. Everybody thinks it's cool until you get in there and do it. And then once they do it, they're like, well, it takes a lot of bravery to get to the K, you know, like they just, it's just, I felt like there's a difference between pro and amateur. And if I keep, uh, fighting amateur and fighters pull out this and that it's just i'm wasting my time so i was like let's do it let's make the jump to pro and then the first time i fought pro back in asia taiwan um it wasn't until after the fight i was like i'm a pro fighter you know like that that was set and then that's kind of where it, it led me to now this is my first pro year and I, I feel like this feels comfortable you know like this feels like i've been here for a while i've been preparing for this and finally it's here so that's kind of how I started martial arts and how it all transferred into me becoming a pro fighter today. But there was a lot of journeys that and hardships that I endured in my life, uh, like drama wise. And, you know, like it, it just makes it tougher. Like um, I saw a quote recently. It was just like, you know, um, it was like a picture of a, a seed being thrown into a dirt and being covered. And, you know, like you feel like you're put in a dark spot and it's for you to grow though, you know, and then a tree or a plant appears. And that really stuck to me because like, you know, a lot of the hardships I went through, if I had not had dirt thrown on me or negativity, I would not have sprouted into this position today. So a lot of the people that I used to, you know, get angry at or think about just get mad. I actually now look at it from a different perspective. It it, it really gives you perspective when certain things happen in your life, regardless if it's super positive or super bad, when you have that spectrum to relate to and look at, I think it's just like martial arts, you know, like when the, the one arm swordsman, you know how his arm, he lost an arm and he can only use his right arm, but he ended up getting really good. And because he doesn't have that left arm holding him back, he's just, you know, so it's just like, like visualization and uh, articulation of all that stuff. Like the fact that you can comprehend it or see it in such a way that got me to where I am today. And I can't be more happy that, you know, that I am now. And it took me this long to realize it, you know? Yeah. It's been a long first year your first professional year, your last fight, RFC2, last July, you submitted, you say, Tashiro. You are slowly becoming the face of RFC in Taiwan. Are you keen to taking that role? Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. Um, it was crazy. Uh, this time when I fought, they had amateurs before, you know, me. And uh, I had some of the amateur guys coming up to me and going like, I want to do what you do. Or, you know, like, like they're like looking at me, calling me like the older brother or something. And I'm like, dude, you're probably like a couple years older than me. Or like, we're, we're like peers, you know, but then they looked up to me and, you know, uh, one of them lost. I gave, I went up to him, gave him some words of encouragement, you know, and, you know, just typical, like better cardio next time or, you know, like keep fighting, don't stop. 
I see that you lost, but don't stop fighting, you know, like don't get discouraged because if I got discouraged, I wouldn't be here today. And I just to give him some words of encouragement. And he ended up having his girlfriend record the whole thing when I was talking to him. I had no idea. And then we took a photo together. And then after the fight, um, the, the people that were there, the celebrities or the, just the regular people, like the, the, just the basics, you know, like the audience and how many photos I got. What really got me was after the fight, a bunch, I got a bunch of followers on social media and a lot of them had me with like a photo of us on their profile pictures. And I was just blown away. I was like, wow, I've never, you know, like do you, who, who thinks of that? You know, I'm thinking about not getting knocked out by my opponent or submitted, you know, and then next thing you know, it's a whole nother thing. So it was honor. And if, if RFC, you know, keeps calling me back and saying, Hey, we'll give you a contract. We'll throw on more shows. You know, I'm not a, I'm a company guy, you know, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a businessman, you know? So like, I will help them as much as possible. I'd never ask for anything over the top. You know, they're not going to see me throwing dollies at their buses anytime soon. You know, if anything, I'll be throwing boba tea or something, you know, that's easier to clean up. But you know, I don't think there's an, I think it, it goes both ways. Like as long as they keep having shows, I'd love to keep fighting for them. You know, that that's like, yes, obviously, you know, the big leagues is where I want to go and, and showcase all my skills. But at the same time, when there's a promotion like this and a spot for me, it's hard for me to say no, you know, because I'm, I'm starting something new, you know, like this organization could take off, you know, you see like ACB, Brave, um, Cage Warriors, you know, all these organizations, international, uh, Road FC, they're all doing really well, you know, they're building up like the more organizations, the better, you know, it's just more options on the table. And it's just, it's just a great experience. And I think what's going to happen for like the next year and a half is, RFC in Taiwan and the Bellator gives me a call for their local show RFC Taiwan Bellator you know I think that's what's gonna happen so unless Bellator gives me a contract but you know that that's all hypothetical I got to perform first but RFC I would love to be like you know a poster boy or whatever for them because it's just there's not a lot of options for them you know out in Taiwan as of right now and until they develop a hometown guy that from like the grassroots born in Taiwan this and that I'm willing to take the role you know with those promotions you just mentioned, they always need to have stars and those stars can fight and take opportunities and get sponsorships and make money. And then later on, since you are very young still, you can go to the bigger leagues and get bigger contracts. It's always going to be there. So taking your time is not a bad thing at all. Yeah, that's what I look forward to doing. That's one thing I've, I've learned is patience. I remember there's so many times where I drive home from the gym. I'm just thinking in my head, like, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. And then now it's all slowly coming to me, but I can't rush, you know, like one mistake I made was um, I jumped on a fight sooner than I should have. And because it seemed like a quicker, like turnaround time, whereas I could, I probably should have rested up my body, heal up from the injuries. And then that fight ended up not happening because I got so confident taking it and jumping up to opportunity that they took it as well. But because it was amateur, they backed out week of, you know, they didn't feel like it was a good time. And I just shouldn't have jumped on those opportunities. Sometimes it's better to be, you know, take it, you know, take it as it is, take it as it comes, you know, and that's what I should have done. Instead of always seeking out, going out and seeking things, I should do more, you know, going in and, 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 you know, just starting from the inside and I could, I could really slow things down, you know? Definitely. Now you have your second chance in Bellator at Bellator 206 in San Jose versus Isaiah Gonzalez. You guys are both local guys. What do you know about him? Um, I know he, I don't know much about him. 
I just know that he hasn't fought in over a year. Uh, I'm not sure why, maybe due to injury or something like that. I didn't look into him too much. I just looked at his basic stats, like his height, you know, um, and from the video that was on YouTube probably. You know, I just we, – we broke it down. I don't look too much into my opponents. Like I don't want to – because he hasn't fought in a long time, so he could have easily adapted his style many different ways because I know I do. My last fight in Taiwan, if you have me fight him again, I'd be a completely different style. And I'm not kidding when I say that. It's like really like I just mentally broke that fight down and goes, man, I could have fought so many different ways better. I could have avoided this shot or that shot, you know? So I'm sure he does that because he trains at an AKA, very prestigious gym. Um, and he's a, he's a taller guy, 5'10". I'm about 5'7", 5'8". Uh, so he does have that height advantage. But I'm happy because he's not a southpaw. I've fought so many southpaws that – you know, um, I'd like to fight Orthodox just because there's more Orthodox than Southpaws. So seeing him this fight, he's probably going to be Orthodox, uh, like most of his career has been. And um, I don't really know much about him. I just know he's a tough guy. He's going to be a tough fight. And, you know, in this in this game, it's it's never personal. You know, like this is a, like like we when we go to work, it means signing up for a fight. So I don't I don't take offense to like, you know, anybody choosing me as a fight or, you know, thinking that they could be me because it's their job. So I know he's got a lot of confidence going to this fight because he has footage of me here and there. But at the end of the day, it's just it's another challenge for me. Um, I have a lot more new tricks that I want to showcase to everybody. And it's just I want to showcase to myself that I can do it under pressure and all this stuff. So with him, it's very interesting because my last fight, I showcased my ground game finally. So I'm really interested to see if they want to take me down or keep it on the feet because either way, I'm starting to get really comfortable in both zones, you know, mixing everything together. I'm becoming a full-on mixed martial artist instead of the typical striker that you used to see, you know? So I'm really maturing, and I'd like to see uh, which route that they decide to take. Gonzalez, he's the taller fighter, lanky guy, very similar to uh, Cass Bell, the guy you fought in your debut for Bellator. What do you take from the Bell matchup into this fight? Uh, the bell matchup, um, don't rush. I rushed a lot and I was in Southpaw the whole fight. This fight, um, I will switch it up, you know, because like, that's just how I fight. I switch stances a lot, but Orthodox, like I said, a lot more comfortable. Uh, bell is a little bit taller and he's more of a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Isaiah is more of a striker. He has like a, 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 more of a decent striking background. And with Isaiah, I think, I think the difference with Isaiah is mainly the, the style wise. Like Cass is a huge wrestler. He would, he, he wanted to wrestle most of that fight, you know, even though we didn't get to wrestle much, but ideally he wanted to get it to the ground with Isaiah. I don't know if that's the case as much because he's, he's, he's capable of taking the fights both. You know, like if you match me up against Caspian, advantages would be striking for me still and advantage would be for him grappling still. But with Isaiah, it's like pretty even he could fight on the ground and on the feet. So it's like a, or like dead even, you know? And um, because he is longer, he has the advantages here and there, you know? So I need to take his advantages and, and make it into my own. So with him, I definitely think patience is a lot better because with the cast fight, I felt so rushed to get out there and do all this stuff, you know, mentally. And for that cast fight, I, was, uh, I wasn't overconfident with cast. I was overconfident with myself, you know? Like I thought I was a lot faster than I was. I gave, I gave him full credit. He did everything that I imagined him to be good at. I just over-imagined my capabilities, you know, because um, during sparring or whatnot, I just didn't assimilate at the same frequency. And <clears throat> after having a couple more pro fights now, 
you know, that loss to reflect on and then the Taiwan fight. Taiwan had a lot of, had a lot more pressure for me because it's in my hometown, you know, like, like home crowd, family, all this stuff and the bright lights. And it was just a little bit more nerve wracking, but the way I handled it gave me so much more confidence going into this fight, a lot more clear, you know, and with Isaiah, the cage is going to be very big. So I, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just going to feel real nice to be in there again, man. I mean, I know I just fought in July, but still I'm, I'm itching to get back in there. After Bellator 206, what are your plans for the rest of the year or maybe even in 2019? Uh, rest of the year, I got to see. I, I hope I come out of this fight unscathed like I usually do. Um, and I hope no injuries for either of us. Uh, I would like to take one more fight. If it's boxing, if it's kickboxing, Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu tournament, I don't care. I want something before the year ends. And then uh, next year, I know RFC has another show, um, RFC 3, and I heard this one's going to be pretty good because the last two have been very good, you know, like responses, and there's some more people getting uh, involving themselves a part of it. More funding, I guess. So RFC is going to be January 12th. I want to go there for that one. They they uh, they don't have the matchups yet because it's a little early out, but I know they asked me about if I was interested. And then um, afterwards, I might stay a little bit because it'll be Chinese New Year, you know, like uh, in February. So it'll be cool to get another fight and then uh, get some red envelopes or something, <laughs> you know, and then um, come back to the States. Next year, I want to be just as busy as I was this year, except I want to take a lot more um, this was pro year. I had to kind of see how everything goes. Now that I have an idea of how everything kind of goes, like in terms of the pro leagues, um, for Bellator next year, they probably come back in April, which means February, March, I have another, you know, couple months to get ready for another fight. I know there's a lot more organizations, uh, growing locally. So I'd like to take some of those fights, you know, just to fight local shows, but these are very professional local shows. Um, I'd like to do a couple of those and build, build my resume again. I, Personally, if I could, ideally, I'd like to get six fights a year, six MMA fights a year. It just, it's perfect. A month and a half to two months in between each fight. But you just, you never know. Like some fights back out. It's hard to find fighters. But due to the increase in the MMA scene this year alone that I've seen, there's a lot of guys that are now transitioning to pros. And I still have, what, after this Bellator fight, hopefully I'll go uh, three and one. I would have only had four fights. So it's not a lot. So there's still a lot of guys that can, you know, come out and, and I could fight early on uh, middle of next year, you know? So, and who knows after this Bellator fight, maybe they like it. Uh, maybe I get offered a contract. If not, then, you know, RFC offers a contract. There's just so many stuff going on that it's hard to pinpoint exactly what happens, but I would, uh, the end, the end goal is to stay active, just keep fighting and um, ex- expand my arsenal into boxing. I really want to get into boxing because I keep watching Iron Iron Fist season two just came out and I watched it and I'm just like, man, those glowing fists just, uh, I don't know. It's just, it'd be really cool for me to fight in boxing because uh, Asians are known for the striking martial arts, you know, like, like in Asia, like Muay Thai, this and that, but you don't see a lot of Asian boxers, mm-hmm. you know, China has a bunch of like, uh, 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 there, there was one guy who made it to the, to the Olympics, but it's just like, there's not a lot of Asian boxers out here. So I want to, uh, it is a complete different, like, vibe boxing and mma still you know so i kind of want to shift over to boxing and give it a give it a nice you know couple fights and you know who knows it might it might enter i might like entertain it more often than not but there's always that question of oh a boxer versus an mma fighter like how would they do i kind of want to like put that to rest like not 
like mixed martial arts just mean we train in all areas and not really an expert in one whereas boxing you're just expert in the hands but i do want to go in there and showcase instead of just boxing versus mma it's boxing versus like a, a just like a martial artist that would put his like like unorthodox style on the line against uh, other boxers and I'm, I'm really curious to see how that goes so boxing is something i'm really into but if mma keeps knocking on the door then you know gotta keep taking it i got i need a i need to be a, able to afford to get my whole team some boba you know i need to get the sponsors to be able to hook my team up and me and all this good stuff you know i got a lot of good sponsors that um the only way i can you know really contribute back to them is finishing getting them some good highlights you know and then who knows uh rfc i'm trying to convince them i'm like i have two fights on your guys's banner and both my fights have ended in the first round you know um arguably i think both fights they've been, like my first fight it was under 60 seconds second fight i get a bulldog choke that's a pretty rare choke in you know mma it's not very often i'm like where's my bonus you know i want a little bit of an incentive you know i keep doing really well so maybe i could uh push the RFC bosses in the right direction and, you know, get paid a little bit more. So that way I could take care of the family and friends, you know? Sure. Well, before that happens, you will be stepping in the cage at Bellator 206 on September 29th in San Jose versus Isaiah Gonzalez. Good luck to you, Kai. And uh, we'll talk soon again, man. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it.